What's up, Overcomers? Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for stopping by. And since you're already here, hit that subscribe button. Give us a rating. Write us a review. You would not believe what a massive, massive help that is for a podcast. Hit the subscribe button. Give us a rating. Write us a review. You're already there. Just do it. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Onnit. Visit onnit.com slash O-C-Y and get some massive savings. Onnit is one of the fastest growing health and wellness and supplement companies in the world. And if you visit onnit.com slash O-C-Y, they have some amazing deals coming up, especially for Cyber Monday. You're going to get 25% off supplements, 30% off apparel, 10% off fitness, 20% off nutrition, 50% off Onnit 6 gear. Visit onnit.com slash O-C-Y. That's O-N-N-I-T.com slash O-C-Y. OCY, get on it and save. We are also supported by PureSpectrumCBD.com, simply the gold standard by which CBD companies should be measured. I use multiple products. My wife uses a CBD face moisturizer and also the bath salt. She loves that. I used a topical just the other day. I was at Muay Thai doing some combinations, holding some pads, holding some pads for kicks, some um, punches, went home, and my elbows were killing me. Grabbed the black label topical, put that on, and it definitely helped uh, the soreness, helped the inflammation reduce. I used the 2,500 black label drops every single night before I go to bed. I can't tell you enough positive effects about CBD, about this company and about these products. Visit PureSpectrumCBD.com and use promo code OCY at checkout and you're going to save 20% on your whole entire order. That's PureSpectrumCBD.com. Use promo code OCY at checkout and save 20% on your whole order. My guest today is Jared Watson, lead singer of the band Dirty Heads. And you know, one of the things that I'm trying to do with this podcast is have all different walks of life on here, whether it be professors from MIT or Olympians or doctors or regular individuals like you and I or wildly successful musicians like Jared, who with this band has traveled the world and sold, played to sold out shows of over 35,000 people. And the reason being is that some of you are going to connect to an MIT professor, some of you are going to connect to an Olympian, and some of you today are going to connect to Jared. And you'll hear me say in this episode a couple times, man, I had those exact same thoughts. When you connect with somebody and someone that you hold in high esteem and you hear them have the same thoughts that you do, it makes you feel like you're not alone. But then when you hear how he overcame it, you go, hey, maybe that will work for me too. And he did that beautifully in here. He talks about how you know he's been successful and kind of in that limelight, quote unquote, for a while. And drugs and alcohol and pills got the best of him and how he had to overcome that. And then once he got sober from that, depression really set in and really hit him and how he overcame that. And he talks about... You know, a good friend of his, Chester Bennington, lead singer of Lincoln Park, who unfortunately took his life and how, you know, Jared, I think, kind of looked up to him. And he says in this episode, you know, here he is, one of arguably one of the most talented individuals he's ever met, adored by millions around the world, but yet still wasn't strong enough to deal with that thing in between our ears. And so he talks about how he overcomes and he's so transparent he is just one of the coolest down to earth we talk about being 100 authentic at the time of this recording he said he said listen i'm no superhero i'm a work in progress just two weeks ago i was taken down i've done all this work with my mental health improved and overcome depression and we've been doing so well but just two weeks ago i'm down and out with crappy thinking and and have depression but now he has the tools to overcome and he talks about that and 
I just really enjoyed the conversation. He was super authentic, super down to earth. The only regret that I had, I wish I would have let the recording go another two hours because we just scratched the surface, but hopefully he'll come back on and we'll dive a little bit deeper because it was just it was just an awesome experience, an awesome conversation, and a great episode. I think you're really going to get a lot out of it. So please welcome Mr. Jared Watson. All right, Jared motherfucking Watson, Dirty Heads. So I know this is the first time on the Overcoming You podcast, but hard-hitting journalism, us, CNN, Fox, all the same. You were talking right before we started uh, recording here that you have actually been writing all of Duddy's lyrics and rhymes the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, the way you two met was actually an outreach program for like, kind of like slow short bus Children, like he his, just never like, came. Uh, he was like my little brother. Yeah, you know, like those programs. Yeah, because but he they was were like you guys. He's older than you, and I was like, but mentally he's younger, so I'm okay yeah. with it. And then he's like, oh, I really like music, and so I was like, okay, you know. And then like I just kind of like let him, you know, hop. Yeah. In. Like you know, have you seen the Mandalorian? Yeah, he's Baby Yoda. Oh, perfect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, just for in, sure, in just music form. Yeah, and so you actually need like a backyotomy because you've been piggybacking this guy for so long, right? Yeah, like now, like <laughs> the, the I gotta put him in a, the duffel bag's pretty big to carry yeah. that boy around in. You're piggybacking him, carrying him here. Jake's over there doing the heavy lifting with feeling good with Duddy. Yeah, this guy's just getting a free fucking ride. Yeah, me and Jake are really like I massage Jake's lower back. He massages my yeah. shoulders sometimes. You know, I get it. On a scale of one to ten, how much do you wish Jake was in the band versus Duddy? Oh my 13, god, 17? I don't even know if there's a number. For that. <laughs> I don't think mathematicians have figured it out yet. <laughs> I'm. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, that was a planned Duddy roast. Yes. Yes. I will Such cut that out and send that directly to Duddy. So he sees that and go, hey, you got to listen to the rest of this. You're going to love it. <laughs> two hours with that. <laughs> no, um, it's funny. So I grew up here in Newport Beach. You guys, Huntington Beach. Mm-hmm. And so we grew up listening to you guys. I was talking to Duddy that actually the first time I saw you was actually at the Tiki Bar. And all my friends after. Oh, boy. Talking with uh, Duddy, everyone's like, what's he like? What's he like? And I'm like, dude, Jake and Duddy are exactly how they are on camera as off camera. Yeah, and for sure. Dealing with people in your seat, and I'm sure you've dealt with it so many times. You meet somebody, and it, like we were talking, it's like a different person on yeah. camera, then it gets off, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, wait, what happened to the cool person I was just talking to? Yeah, so. I, I don't know. I don't know where that comes from, what insecurities that is, or who who they have around, or just like how they're raised. But like the way that we look at it is just like one, everybody's there to do their job, yeah, treat everybody with the same respect, and two, um, if you're gonna put on a mask, I feel like the longevity or the like the energy that you have to put in, it, it's it's going to be hard and it's going to eventually like get to you. Right. right. Uh, I, I was actually having a discussion where I actually thought and still think maybe if we put on some sort of mask or some sort of facade that maybe our fans or the scene that we're in wanted us to conform to more, we might do better. Right. Like mm. we might actually do better if we were like this on-screen personalities or we just acted a certain way or we just went uh, even dressed a certain way right right (laughs) but would i i wouldn't want that i i I would rather be at the level of of success that i have and be myself the whole entire time the good the bad the awkward you know what i'm saying then be this much more successful and have to put on a mask every 
time the camera started rolling or every time I got on the stage because that sounds absolutely exhausting. Yes. Like, I, I, I think that's why big celebrities and pop stars and these people, like, they, they, they have a lot of mental health issues. They have to go see therapists. They have these burnouts. They have to go to the hospital because they're just emotionally zapped, right? Yeah. It's like, it's got to be. It's got to be so hard to just be on all the time. I know that for a fact. It's hard to be on all the time. Just being myself. Right. Let alone a whole different person that you've invented. Yeah. Right? You know, that's so interesting because that's actually literally the one of the first things I wanted to talk to you about. Is really? That, no, seriously. No, I'm serious. I didn't even look at your neck. <clears throat> no, no, no. It's notes, one of the sorry. things that I wanted to talk to you about is how have you become authentically you? And the reason why I ask that is that the, my favorite times in my life, one of my favorite things to do is that kind of two parts. One is have all my fellas over, all my buddies over that I've known for 30-something years yeah. now. So yeah. fucking rad that yes. I've been friends with them. Come over, UFC fights, we sit there, we fuck around, we, we reminisce. The fights end, we sit there, we smoke a joint, drink a beer, and sit there. And that is my favorite, favorite time. But if you think about that, that's the time where I'm 100% authentically me. I'm not putting on airs because all my buddies, they know. It's like, what are you doing? Don't take that fucking stupid watch off. Who are you impressing, dude? Yeah. I've seen you shit yeah. in a bag yeah. in, in Yosemite. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. like there's no, there's you can't peacock. You're 100% authentically you. And I think, and there's so many things that go into it, but one of the ways that people become successful, especially in the music industry, is they go through this evolution of trying to sound like, be like, and then all of a sudden you go, fuck it. I'm just going to be me. And it sounds so simple, it sounds so easy, but it's 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 not. And so have you gone through that journey and how have you been able to shun all that stuff out and just be 100% authentically you all the time? I know that's an odd question, but I think it's no. valuable for today, especially I, today. I think it's a great question. I love that, especially with you hanging out with your friends. Like I just went on a trip to Baja and it's like, it's so that. Yes. Like it's so that. Like when I'm home with my wife, and when I'm with my friends, like, it's 100%. Like, there is no, like, they don't care that I'm right. in a band. And that feeling of just yes. freedom is so nice. Because you do have to kind of put it on on stage. But other than that, other than when I'm on stage, uh, I feel like we have at least tried to be ourselves from day one. That was kind of the plan. Because we, we've met, you know, other musicians that you can tell are themselves and they're extremely respectful and nice and you're like that's who I want to be that's who I want to grow yeah. up to be you know and then you've met these other people that are putting on these bullshit facades and you're like oh fuck that guy but I mean I, I actually it is something that that I like I said I think about like I wonder if I'd be more successful if I didn't like just be completely honest all the time because maybe I think you go back and you, did that does that make for a bad interview does that make for like am I being too honest with what goes on in the music industry, how this works with our band, like letting our fans know everything. Should we not say things like there's all these things. So it's like, I'm almost still figuring it out. I don't think I've figured it out a hundred percent. I know that I am myself hundred percent in interviews, 100%. I'm treating you right. like I would anybody. And it's more about us. I think a lot of people when they do interviews and podcasts and things, they're thinking about them. Right. What, what do they think? <laughs> And this is yep. something I think might be a problem that I have. What do they think is going to be, or what, whatever they're thinking that the people are going to want to hear? And that's a good entertainer. I understand that. But when I'm doing it, I'm just thinking about us having right. a conversation. I don't know if that, if you know, I'm just trying to keep the flow and, and keep you happy and, and us having a good conversation. I don't know if that's the best for entertaining. So there's like all these little things that I always think. And uh, 
I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I just, it seems easier this way, yeah. but I feel like I'm still figuring it out because there has been things where like, there's so many outside forces. There's the label, there's management. There's, More cowbell. Yeah. There's, <laughs> uh, you know, like there's definitely, I think the biggest regrets, um, probably are, uh, when they've pulled in, uh, like stylists. And the stylists are like, you got to wear this. You got to wear that. I'm like, for me, I'm like, new gear? Like, cool. You know right. what you're talking about? Like, I actually like men's fashion. I'm, I'm into it. I like women's fashion. Uh, yeah. You know, D- I love Duddy because he's just like, no. And I, love his, <laughs> I, love, I love so much his mindset of like, if I wear something classic like a t-shirt and jeans, no matter what picture, it, it's not going to look dated. Where I'm like, like, other than like when we're wearing sideways hats when we're like 19. But sure. you know, when he became a, a man, like grew up, he was just like, no, this is what, yeah. this is my look. I'm in, you know, it's it's clean, it's classic. I'm going to stick with this. While me, on the other hand, I'm like wearing all this wacky shit. I look back and I'm like, yeah. Oh my God, that wasn't me. Or like, maybe that would be me outside of the band, but not right. in the band. So just silly things like that. But um, how do you block out? So I'll be transparent and, and <clears throat> open. So many times I think about making a video, you know, has to do with mental health or something I've gone through and I'll make it and I'll write it. And it's, I know it's 100% authentically me. And then all of a sudden something fucking happens is because I haven't gone through that journey enough. I'm just quote unquote in the public eye or starting to have like a platform. So I'm just now in this early stage of this journey. So as soon as I start to write it and I'm like, this is going to, if I'm, if I was listening to this video, this would help me during that depressed time or during that time, whatever I was going for. But then all of a sudden I start to think, oh, what will my friends think? Oh, what's this? Is this really right? Or, or should I put more statistics in there? Should I be more eloquent? Should I, should I try to have a larger vocabulary and use more words for my lexicon? I have a Padawa in the way I speak or whatever. Yeah. And all that shit start. And then all of a sudden what happens is I don't fucking make it. Yeah. And now, and then what happens is my heart starts to feel hurt and I start to feel bad because somebody needed to hear that. Right. And I, and I, fucked it up yeah because i was so worried about outside forces Mm -hmm. so how have you stopped that along the way and this may have been in your earlier career earlier writings how how have you stopped pushing that out like what did you do i think having a partner like duddy and having the band i think because when it comes to music you can go through a lot of those things like you you know you love a song you hate a song you you love the song you hate a song you're your own worst critic uh and i think it's just like everybody knows the answer like the only thing you can do is your best and just be yourself. And and that's the best way that I think that really what we're getting at here or what I personally think is that whether it works or not, you are able to put it on you, mm-hmm. right? You're able to be like, that didn't work, but that's who I am. So maybe that doesn't work for me or, or that did work and that was who I was. So I can, you know, maybe I need to do more of that yeah. or whatever. Or be, I don't know. But when it comes to like music, I just love the fact that I have a partner to be like, is this stupid? You know, yeah. is this good? Is this not? When I'm down and, and like, you know, being super critical of myself, I can be like, dude, that's really fire. Or like, no, it's not. It's not good at all. And there's no, it, I don't take it personal at all because it just, I love his taste. He loves my, we have very sure. similar tastes. So it's easy. We, It's really nice, even with John, John and, and Dave and Matt, like it's nice to have a group of guys around you when you're doing music. And that's the main thing, you know, like that you can trust. Yeah. And there's not this like, I mean, sometimes there might be 
differences obviously of opinion but there's never like this in band fighting of where we're going or whatever everybody's usually on the same page and knows what's what's great or what's not yeah. you know and uh the outside forces f- fuck them you know i think between my family and the way my parents raised me and my older brother it's just fuck them you yeah. know like i said i think what we're getting at is be yourself and i i love that the most because it's on fucking you yeah That's yeah it. i think whether it works or not yeah if you i think there's a couple <clears throat> things that it was funny because Jake was the first person that told me I was in this self-help space because I never set out to be in the self-help space, but I'm definitely in persona non grata for sure because um, I think some things have been misconstrued. And one of the things that you said there that I think we hear all the time is like, oh, don't care about what other people think. Well, here's the here's the reality. Everybody cares what other, other people think. One period in a story. But here's the difference. And I think what you said and what I'm hearing is that if you do your very best and you go out there and people don't like it, there's a little bit less of a gut shot than if I try to put on airs or try to sound like this or do like that because you know it's not 100% you. Yeah. And so I, then when you put it out and people shit on it, you're like, wow, then you feel even worse because like, wait a minute, I was trying to be this something amazing, this awesome thing. 100%. And so if you just 100%, if you do your very best and put it out – and hey, if people don't like it, that's the best you can do. There's less of a, I feel like, less of a fucking gut I shot. I think you're so right. I think <clears throat> you're so right. And I love that too because it, it, it feels good. Like even when I was saying it, it feels good to say fuck them. Like it does. it does. It feels good. Yes. It might be the hardest fucking thing to do. Yes. It, I, I swear to God, out of everything that I've worked on and all these things, like be, this is one of those times I'm be completely honest. Like there are times where I'm like, this is so... When I've done something that I know is great, I'll be like, fuck them. They don't get it. And that feels great. And I believe that. But there's yeah. other times where I've said, fuck them. Like, I don't care what other people think. And like, you 100% <laughs> do. Because you're, you yeah. are not sure. You're not 100% sure if that is great. And that that's definitely something that I think everybody can say. Like, there's nobody. Actually, there are some people that probably really don't give a shit. Right. Yeah. And you can tell. Sociopath. But yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I think most people that say, you know, I don't care what other people think. It's something that you also have to work on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's, I think like everything is, is a mu- muscle. And especially with the mind, especially with that stepping out in fear, the more times you do that, the more times you do your very best and put it out there, like you do it. And then that's like a five pound curl. And then you do it again. Now you're up to 10. 20 30 and so on and so forth but the more times you do it then to the point where i think where you get to your level or or above whatever you put it out there and there's really it's not it's a lot easier to do because you've done it so many times yeah you know that fear or that level of of that gut shot is less than because you're like oh i've been kicked there before like i I know it's not that big of a thing kind of transferring gears actually what i wanted to start with and i think it will be value valuable is that and i want to preface this for the for the listeners but how have you dealt with during this pandemic not doing something that you love? And I know to the people listening, they're like, "Oh, poor, poor rock star is not able to tour or anything." But think about not being able to do something that you love, possibly family, friends, and then touring. Um, at least from you know talking to Duddy, something this, that you love. How have you dealt dealt with that? Because it's almost like you're not getting your fix. You're not getting a drug that you've been used to for so long. Mm-hmm. So how have you worked through that? Because I think a lot of us during this time have not been able to do things. So yeah. how have you transformed? Have you pushed through? Have you not gone fucking crazy? Yeah, luckily for me, um, I, I, I needed the break. 
Oh, so you, oh, yeah, okay. like I don't want to sound um, like harsh or privileged or anything. Like I understand that you know this really fucking sucks for a lot of people. I understand people are getting sick, people are dying. Uh, yeah. But we've been talking about taking a break for a long time. Um, not long, but maybe three or four years. Like, hey, maybe we should take a year off. Just give it a break. Like, not necessarily recharge because I know I'd get into the studio immediately. Um, but just take a break from touring. And uh, this forced us to do that. And it was right at a time where I had a daughter. So I've been able to be home and watch her grow up and, and not. So it hasn't been that bad. And also we are finishing an album. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love the studio just as much as I love live shows. Uh, like that, that feeling of finishing a song, like when you're done and you're happy with it, like, oh my God, I love it so much. Like it's just, it's the, it's, I get just as much enjoyment from that as I do from like really crushing like a show or if the, like there's nights where just everybody's like on the same wavelength and it's a magic show and that has nothing to do with us. We, we know we can play good in (laughs) front of fucking a chicken. That chicken's getting the as fucking show that it's ever seen, right? We're fine. But some nights, it's, like, really up to the fans and the crowud, like, yeah. if, if their energy all combines and you're just like, holy shit, that was fucking magic. Like, that is definitely something that I miss. But I think I'm getting there now, and the drive-in shows definitely helped. Like, I, I was like, let's – they're like, do you want to do these drive-in shows? I was like, let's get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah. please, let's get the fuck but that's, out of here. that's the methadone of shows, right? You want yeah. the full mainline. No, 100%. Jerry, it, it, it Jerry, was uh, it was fun Jerry. and move out of the way, Daddy. I can't see Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was it was fun and uh, it was a cool compromise. I it, there was it was there was no pressure on me as a front man. Everybody's sitting on their yeah. tailgates. Like I'm, not, I don't need to be like put your hands up. Like you guys are just sitting there drinking beers. I can just kind of chill, you know. So like this very fun, very laid back uh, show, but uh, like I said, I think I think just now I'm getting to the point where I'm I'm ready. I do miss live shows, now. Back, uh, yeah. but before, I mean, I think just the fact that I just had a daughter and that changes fucking everything. Congratulations. Like you, think, you know, it's like every, thanks man. It's like every cliche that you possibly think is so real. You think, you know, love, but you don't know love until you have a kid and you're like, yeah. oh, f- go fuck yourself. And you have a kid and you're like, oh, I get it. You know? So I was like, I just had a kid. I'm like, I get to be home with my kid more. Yeah. Like, great. And I can still work on music. Great. Uh, so it didn't, uh, I don't think it affected me that hard, but I can definitely feel it now, especially after those driving shows. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. It was just like a tease, <laughs> you know? It's a, it's so funny. So my wife and I, we don't have kids yet and all my friends do. And so the kids range from infants, few, few months old, all the way to 12, 11, everywhere in between. But most of the kids are right around three, four years old or so. And every single one of my friends, especially during this pandemic, when I see them or they'll come over just to get away because, you know, it's just my wife and I will go and just watch something. They're red eyed and they've got their hair all disheveled. They're like, this shit is fucking crazy. Yeah. This shit is crazy. But you got to have a kid. And I was like, it, I said this to a couple of people, a couple of people got offended, but it's just a joke. It's kids are like a disease, but the only disease you want everybody else to have. Yeah, <laughs> you want everybody, or like a drug, like yeah. some like meth addicts, like, dude, you got to try this, it's the this. best. And you're like, what? Are you, you look sure? Like look shit. at it. Yeah. But when you try it, you're like, fuck, yeah. I get it, man. Like there, it's just these things where you, lack of sleep, you're frustrated, this is going, and then they'll do one thing. Like, you know, like my kid saw three dogs the other day. We were at the park and she saw three dogs and I've been working with her on counting or whatever. And she looked over and she's never counted, like looked over and went, 
dogs, three. And I was like, fuck off. Like she put two and two or three and three together that those were three dogs. Like she can barely count to fucking three, right? Yeah. Those little things are when they give you a kiss or a hug, like they show affection or compassion. Like you're just like, and it's so funny because I have this thing called ugly baby syndrome in the studio. And it's when you come up with an idea and you think it's good. Because you came up with it, right? Like, it, we always do it. It's yeah. like, hey, check this idea <laughs> out. Before, we'd be like, check this idea out. And it's fucking stupid. And you're like, this is so dope. And you show the guys and they're like, oh, dude, not good. Yeah. Ugly baby. So we call it ugly baby. That's funny. So I have a kid. And I'm like, this is the cutest fucking baby I've ever seen. Like, I know that there's ugly babies. This is not an ugly baby, you guys. And I had a couple friends who were like, no, for sure. Your kid's so cute. The big cheeks, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And I really thought that my kid was, like, cuter than all their baby. It was not an ugly baby. And now my kid's two. And, like, the iPhone does those memories, right? Uh-huh. And these memories of these photos of my, like, you know, six-month-old to eight-month-old to one-year-old pop up on my phone. She was fucking so ugly. She looked, <laughs> she looked like – she wasn't ugly. She was just, like, this fat – truck driver <gasps> named like Bert like it, it was she looked like Eric Cartman like in 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 lesbian truck driver form like i was like wait a second dude you guys yeah. you didn't tell me about my ugly baby and they're like oh, we, right. we can't you can't ever do that so yeah i get I don't all know why the fuck i started talking no. about that but like dude <laughs> i get it, all... it's weird like that's yeah. the thing is like there's something where you are just like there's nothing better out of all the accomplishments in my life. Nothing, nothing comes close to my daughter. Yeah, I heard it said once that having kids doesn't didn't increase their capacity to love, but increase the depths. Yeah, of it. And I was like, I thought that was a really good mm-hmm. good way to do it. It's a the only thing that I can equate to it um, is that <clears throat> I actually said this in, in the vows to my wife. You know, I used to ask all people that I that I valued their relationship or value their marriage, you know, friends of mine that had really good marriages, not my parents, but you know, how do you know? What's the deal? How do you know? Like what do you what do you know? And they all gave me that same stupid fucking answer. You know when you know. And I was like, that's such bullshit. That's so dumb. And then I met my wife and I'm like, I fucking you gotta, get it. Yeah. You're I, so I different than every single fucking person. Yep. So it's the exact same it's the only thing that I can equate to compartmentalize what it's like to have kids so perfectly yeah. nailed like every you'll you'll 100 you'll get it because yeah. that was the same thing that my brother told me that my dad told, everybody told me that and i'm like fuck. like yeah. are you serious like you're really telling me this cliche and then i met my wife and literally that night i was like oh yeah damn i get it right you know, like right away so it, it is that it's just with a kid and times a fucking million you know, I've said switching gears a little bit. I've said yeah, this nobody wants to hear, <laughs> talk about my fucking kid, dude. Of course they do. Um, I said this for years that musicians and comedians are so freaking impressive because if you think about it, you have tens of thousands or millions of people over your lifetime come to hear your thoughts and come to hear what you think about and stuff like that. So that's why I'm valued. To, I'm excited that you're here because people want to know know your thoughts. But I think that's so crazy and then going back to what you said i can only imagine what that's like when you have and i think you'll understand maybe we can explain it better than i am when you have like the crowd hypnotized and they're at your whim you could basically get them all drink the kool-aid no problem (laughs) when they're all moving to that that same jumping in the exact same time you know they're all singing the exact same thing that feeling has got to be just when your energy matches their energy just perfect it's got to be just one of the best feelings 
it's, on the planet. It's undescribable. Like, yeah. I, or indescribable. I, I can't. I, I, there's nothing I can come close to trying to explain or comparing it to. No drug, no nothing, because it's different. Yeah. It's it's a different, maybe, because there's something, like, spiritual about it. Like, maybe a psychedelic, I guess, when you feel connected, like, uh, mm. um, you know, I don't know if you've ever done DMT or, so like, a heavy dose of psilocybin or something, but a lot of people say, like, ayahuasca. you get that, yeah, ayahuasca, like, you get that feeling of oneness. Yes. Um, it's something, I guess it would be something similar to that, where it's like, and then at the same time, there's a lot of times, it's funny when people ask me this, because I try and check in and be like, what, what, what was it like? It's runner's high where I'm not noticing it. Yeah. And that's the thing is like you think that uh, a lot of people think that I'm, you know, the master of ceremonies and I'm getting them to do this and I'm getting them to do that. And they're at my whim and I'm sitting there like, you know, having this like ego trip. But when I'm doing it, I'm not realizing it. Like we're, I'm not planning on having you raise your hand at this point or I'm not planning. Yeah. You know, it use, the, the great shows, it all comes like really naturally and then if i thought back or if i looked back on video i'd be like i don't even remember doing that yeah i don't remember saying that it, it's all feeling like what they're giving me is what i'm returning to them and it's all like this yeah circular like thing where it's just it, dude it's it is it's fucking magic it's the only thing that i can really say is that it's magic and it's like thick you can like feel Palpable. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I I, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I've done a lot of DMT and I have had that feeling of oneness and I it's still not I can't fucking describe it, you know. Yeah. It's still not there. It still doesn't make sense to me where I'm I'm not getting close to telling people like how how that feeling is because it's just like and and I I got thinking like it's the same well, it's not the same, but or probably um I'll do this a lot. Uh there's something about large groups of people gathering. Mm. Something happens. Yes. Right? Uh, I don't know if we've scientifically been able to nail it down or even studied it. Um, other, you know, I know that there's prayer and there's live shows and there's, you know, these where they've gotten people all thinking about one thing. But there is something that happens mm -hmm. no matter what people say, for sure. And that's why I think prayer is so important to people. And I think it is so important when people get around and... They can't, there's something, like the energy is so real. If you got 10,000 people together and said, I want you all to think about this one thing, mm -hmm. right? Like something's going to fucking happen. And so I know it's my job to try and, and, and our job as a band to try and get everybody on the same page. But some nights that doesn't happen, but some nights it just naturally does. Yeah. Right. And then it's just like. And I think that goes back to the fact that when that, when those happen, there is nothing you're not thinking, oh, I should run over to the side of the stage. Oh, I should jump up and down. Right. You're not thinking at all. You're not thinking literally probably at all because mm -hmm. it's just so repetition mm -hmm. and you're 100% authentically yourself. Mm -hmm. And then the guys and the girls in the front front row, they're not thinking, oh, I should jump up right now. They're just feeling it. And so they're 100% authentically themselves. And I think something happens when you're 100% authentically yourself and you meet another person or you're around a group. I think groups, I think you said it perfectly there's something that happens with that. And then all of a sudden there's just this energy flow and kind of working through. I just, yeah, it's extremely primal. I miss concerts. Dude, that's what I was saying. Like it's extremely primal. I think it's very instinctual. It is like in the human DNA yeah. to where we need to be around, you know, we're very social, like whether yep. we're introverts or not and everybody, Oh, I hate human beings. And everybody's at, 
each other's throat nowadays, whatever. But like, there's just something about human beings gathering, and you know, especially when it's something positive when everybody's in a in a great mood like it it's just so primal it's so day one that we need it like we need it to be happy i think that's a the the one thing about not the one thing but it's it's a bummer because i've realized how much um we help just people without mental health issues Mm -hmm. um, feel better and people with mental health issues because uh, having gone through them and have, you know, having had and have mental health problems, like a lot of people reach out. I've been pretty open about it. So a lot of people reach out and they're like, dude, concerts are like half of my fucking therapy. And I, and I understand Mm. that now when they can't get it, it's like that. I think that is one of the main things where I'm like, fuck man, we need to get the fuck. We need to get back out there. Like, not only like at first you're just playing your songs yeah you're just a kid you're playing your songs you want to look cool you want people to sing your lyrics and then it becomes something completely different yeah and then the you know and and it's it's heavy and and you think about it and and it's real and now i'm like fuck man we gotta get yeah and that's healthy right and that's why i i asked because like without being pedantic or anything like that i I feel for you. I feel for Teddy. I feel for the people not being able to have that outlet, but I also feel for all the other people. Yeah, I, I feel for them more so because yeah. that, that isn't my uh, – maybe writing, not to cut you off, but no. maybe writing is more therapeutic. Uh, the live shows uh, aren't really my form of therapy. For me, that's not necessarily what works. So I'm the things that I do, I can do at home Yeah, you know, that help me with my mental health. So I'm actually more concerned with – our fans and people that yeah. aren't our fans that just need to go to live shows. You know, I, I get it. And like, I cannot wait to get back to where we, yeah. One less thing on that. Live shows. Yeah. One less thing on that. And then I want to go into the next thing that you touch on the, your mental health is that there's a study. It's actually the longest reigning study from Harvard. It's been going on for 75 years. They've taken 604 men. There's been four different directors because it's been going on for so long. It's the longest study and it's all about happiness and what they each, you know, couple of years they check in, um, not with the people, but they check in and give their findings. And what they found out is that the number one common denominator, the number one reason for the highest level of happiness is connectivity with two to five people, two to five times a month. That is the number one reason. There's people from Harvard. So there's multi, multi-millionaires, multi-billionaires. Sure. There's yeah. people that are janitors. Yeah. Everywhere it walks in between, there's there's musicians, there's all these, every single thing out of 604 people. They said that's the number one reason is the connectivity. Makes sense. And I can tell you from um, from experience, this last two and a half, two and a half, three months, I have, my best friend lives 21 houses away from me. And so it come, comes over every Wednesday, we do a workout, smoke a joint, eat some healthy food. We talk, we reminisce, we do whatever. Yeah. And that one thing was the first like consistent, like like connective that I've had during this whole thing. And I've noticed a increase in my happiness just from that. And it's not like he's fixing me or anything like that. It was just the fact that I get to hang out with, with my boy and get to talk about life, get to say stupid shit. Why, yeah. is, why is my wife like this? I don't know. Your wife's like that. Yeah. Our wife's are the same. You don't complain <laughs> yeah, and all those yeah. things. Yeah. So um, that connectivity is just so so crucial. But I I do want to get into the men, your mental health because I want to know how you kind of went through it. So just to kind of gloss over, kind of paraphrase and correct me where I'm wrong, but had some substance, some alcohol issues. Mm-hmm. You overcame that. And so no alcohol, no like hard drugs or anything anymore or anything like that. So the way you got through that, 
that's different for everybody. Mm. Some people rip the bandaid off. Some people do A, NA, whatever it is. It's different for everybody. So I don't want to know about that. I want to know in – I could be wrong, but I'm assuming that there was a time where you stopped all that and you had to look that man in the mirror and some depression set in because you had to, for the first time, feel those feelings, the first time work through those through that shit. So kind of two things. One, I want to know the self-talk. I want to know the bad things that you said to yourself during that time. And the reason why is I want to know, like we talked about just before we started, other people to hear like, oh, this perceived from the outside, this successful musician, he had those thoughts too. And so if somebody listening, they're going to go, oh, I don't feel so bad. And yeah. then I want to know how have you worked through that? What's helped you kind of overcome what are some steps that if you saw yourself back then like hey it'll be okay just keep doing this keep doing this keep doing this and over time it will become better so first did you have that down was it would i be correct in saying that there was a point of some depression no oh, god yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah yeah it's pretty normal so that's yeah, why that's i just like, yeah, yeah. understand <laughs> um What's up, Overcomers? want to give a quick shout out to one of our amazing sponsors, Green Chef. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company. It includes recipes for paleo, keto, and plant-powered diets. Listen, my wife and I, we have virtually tried every single prepared, pre-made meal, and this is by far the best tasting company we have ever tried in our entire lives. No joke, no equivocations. It's so simple. Stop going to the grocery store, get it delivered. Everything comes pre-measured, pre-packaged. So simple, even my wife could do it, but she doesn't. I still do the cooking, but it still comes out delicious. It is a time saver. It is so, so delicious. And for you, the overcoming you listeners, since you guys are so amazing, so awesome, they are giving you a massive, massive discount. Go to greenchef.com slash overcoming90 and use code overcoming90. That's nine zero to get $90 off and free shipping. Go to greenchef.com slash overcoming90 and use code overcoming90, nine zero to get $90 off, including free shipping. You will not be disappointed. It is absolutely delicious. I think the initial depression came from ripping the Band-Aid off and withdrawals and um, my brain chemistry and body chemistry just being off, right? 15 years of partying mm -hmm. and then stopping immediately. I think that um, was something that, was, that, that I was like, oh, that's why. Right. And then I didn't, I don't think I really had that like look in the mirror at that point. I was just blaming it on, not blaming it, but just um, trying to cope with it better and trying not to, trying not to beat myself up so much. And, and what I really liked was one of the therapists I saw, we were, we got into the science of it. Uh, and he's like, you know, this is why your brain, you know, there's these hooks and the little alcohol molecule and it's doing this to your brain. And when you're drunk, you know, you're, it's back here, more like a child. And so there's your brain, there's you, and there's your body. Mm -hmm. And then when I could separate those things, it made me feel a little bit better. You know, I was like, I'm not my addiction. It's just, you know how like, like yep. there's Jared, then there's my brain, and then there's my body. And we're three different fucking things, right? And we yeah. all sometimes are great together and sometimes we're all not on the same page, right? Yeah. So it... it it took some of the guilt away of the addiction. And, uh, I think looking at that really helped, like looking at the science of it, looking at, you know, neurology of it, like 
my brain is just doing something and I, that I don't have control over, so I need to get rid of whatever is, is fucking it up. But when the depression lasted longer, you know, say a year or two after, I'm like, dude, I'm not drinking anymore. I'm not taking pills anymore. Yeah. And I like, everything's going great. The band's like going the best, you know, like that's, ha- I mean, so much of why I stopped. Uh, like my wife is great. My wife is healthy. Everything like, Nothing was bad in my life, and right. I'm so fucking depressed. I can find no joy in anything. Everything is gray. You know, I don't. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to get yeah. out of bed. Uh, I think. You what know, are you saying to yourself at this time? At, at that point, I, I was just saying to myself, like, I I didn't like the way that I looked. It was a, a really big insecurity, like on just a physical level. Like, I didn't realize how like bloated and fat I was. Um, there wasn't really anything um, uh, selfish. I, I, I felt like really extremely selfish for, mm. you know, kind of putting the guys through this, kind of putting my wife through this, like only, you know, thinking about, well, I, you know, I'll feel better. I, what is, I didn't ever really think about what's this going to do to the people around me. You know, like you're fucking selfish piece of shit and you're yeah. fucking fat and you're ugly and, you know, you should have done this a long time ago and then what really beat me up was like, well, you know, this is the worst thing that you can all, like ever do is, you know, look back and be like, man, like I just wasted 15 years. Imagine if I was this fit back then. Imagine yeah. if I was this sharp mentally back then. Imagine if I was, you know, not drinking back then. Would I have written better songs? Would I have done better shows? Would I have better, you know, better, like all those things. It's like yeah. the worst. I just went down the rabbit hole of like, oh my fucking God. Like I only lived to like, if that was like, but it also gave me hope. So like, say I was only firing on 50% back then, like, well, what the fuck can I do now? So at first it was this like very like deep, dark, that makes me want to throw up right Mm. now. Like, well, that I'm sitting in of like looking back and just going, what the fuck did I do? Like, that was my prime. Did I just waste my life? Like, did I just waste my life? I can't even remember. The the thing that fucks me up too is like, Maddie has such a good memory. And I'll be like, you guys remember when we did this? And I'll be like, nope. You guys remember we had that epic time doing this? No. I, you know, it's like, fuck, did I just waste all that thinking I was having this great time? So, like, that made me really sad. And I think I just got caught up in partying and being on all the time. It wasn't necessarily, like, these dark, deep demons that I had to face until afterwards, you mm-hmm. know? So I wasn't really um, bashing myself too much. Uh, but I, I think just, you know, being selfish, uh, being, you know, out of shape and ugly and like, I hate my face and it's bloated all the time. And I can't believe I was, you know, in pictures and shit like that. Like all these insecurities and, and the, the, what if I think mm-hmm. was the biggest, like, fuck man, what if I would have been like, you know, on point back then or yeah. not or whatever, but I think there, I mean, that's what led me here. That's what led us to this conversation. So it's like, there's nothing I can do about it. Right. Can't fucking change that. And, uh, and I'm glad it happened. I'm really glad it happened because now I, especially with the job that I have, I can relate to a new, an entirely new group of people. Yep. That I don't think you can relate to unless you've gone through it. Unless you've gone through addiction, unless you've gone through mental health, 
um, unless you've gone through suicidal thoughts, like yep. really thinking about it. Like, yeah. uh, I, I, I know for a fact that you can't. You can't relate uh, completely or empathize or sympathize with these people completely unless you are there. And that makes me happy. It really does bring me joy. It brings yeah. me joy that, that if somebody wants to talk to me or reaches out, I can honestly – I'm not a fucking expert. What do I know? But right. I, at least I can have a conversation with them about what I went through, right? Yeah. It's so funny. So This is exactly why I wanted you to say that. So we're just meeting for the first time, and if I'm – connecting these things or having these same thoughts that you had. So I had the exact same thoughts. I thought I was fucking ugly. I've always had like a six pack my whole life. And then all of a sudden I didn't because I was eating um, fast food morning, noon and night, just drinking like a motherfucker. Um, I think it would have been bad news if you and I got together during our party days because there was no, there's no, it would have been awesome. (laughs) It would have been awesome because there's no, there was no, you can't you can't hang out with me if you don't finish whatever's in front of you. Whatever's on the plate, whatever's in the cup, you have to finish. There. Why are you yeah. saving that for tomorrow? This train is. Yeah, f- f- we're going. Like, yep. there's no stopping this train. There's no breaks. Right? There's zero breaks. That yeah. was my thing. It's just there's if you st- you started it. Yep. And it usually wasn't me. <laughs> the thing, it was like, okay, motherfuckers. Like, yeah, you brought you me. You wanted this. Like, you here we me. go. Like, and see so, you in three days. Yeah. And so with the like I was saying, so with those thoughts, so I had those thoughts of feeling ugly. I had those thoughts of especially coming out of that and inst- before I was starting the podcast, you know, I did like a year's work of kind of prep and like, what did I want this to do? And then I was like, did the exact same thing. Did I just waste my, my fucking life? I mean, at the time I was turning 37, I'm 38 now, like who, what success story starts at 38? Like who, what the fuck are you, are you kidding me? There's a lot. And then, but that's the whole thing is like f- hearing that and hearing your story. I can connect to you. I yeah. can connect you. Cause you went yeah. through the shit too. And I think that's one of, and not patting myself on the back, but that's one of the reasons why I think this podcast has grown exponentially. One, because nobody else had anything to do during this pandemic, so never so tripled. <laughs> no, I think what but you're doing is, is I'm just a God regular said. fucking person, just a regular dude. I'm a fucking nothing and nobody. Not being self self deprecating, I'm a nothing and nobody. And hey, I I went through some shit to where I've had the taste of a shotgun in my mouth, and I went to the point where where I actually clicked the button, which oh, is a whole nother fuck. level of despair. So. Whatever you've been through, whatever yeah. whatever you've told yourself, I fucking told myself. Yeah. I'm a nothing, I'm a nobody, all those things. But it's then how you get over it and how you overcome it. And then once you start to do it and go, hey, this worked for me. Like, I don't know. Like you said, I'm not I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a therapist. Yeah, I'm right. not... I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm not Oprah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not just smart. a regular dude. <laughs> I, I just want Yeah, <laughs> I just want to have people on. And yeah. so kind of going on that next thing, so... I know I see the shirt there, so I want to talk about the workout. What are some things, some real tactical things that you started to do to really start to overcome and kind of push through those those yeah. times? Yeah. Uh, fuck, what was I going to say right before that? Um, oh, I wanted to, for a personal, uh, when you were suicidal and you had a fucking shotgun in your mouth that is so so heavy, uh, was it because you were exhausted? That was my thing. And, like, I, I've talked to a couple people about it. It was – I was mm. – I was just so exhausted. Like the the thought of just not having to be exhausted anymore mm-hmm. was what kind of got me, you know, thinking those thoughts. And mine was very surface level. It was like sitting in my backyard, like thinking about like, that does not sound bad, right? Mm-hmm. It was never to the level where you got, but it was to the point where it was weeks where I was just like, man, yeah. maybe I should just do this because it's just, 
I'm so like it, it, literally I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah, it was that. That's a that's a good question, and I haven't heard that thought process before. But as I think about it now, exhaustion was part of it, and exhaustion was the part of you could not tell me different as as clear as day as that sweatshirt is black and my shirt is black. I knew with without a shadow of a doubt that I was a burden on anybody that came into contact with mm. me. I was, you know, I was a loser. I was a failure. I can't pr- provide for my wife. My friends only like me because I pay for things because I was had a good job and all that type of stuff. Now they don't, they won't come around. And I was exhausted of being a burden on everybody else. And the thing that I always like to people to say is that you have to be fucking mindful of those thoughts because what will happen, it's a, one of the scariest days when I look back is yes, that, that night was very scary, but there was a night when I was sleeping on the couch, couldn't sleep very much, sleeping on the couch. And I was like planning the suicide, planning the suicide. And then all of a sudden it was like, my brain just gave up. It was like, all right, dude, go ahead. And it was, it was a relief. It was a relief in a weightlessness that I felt because Mm -hmm. I was like, there's going to be an end. Yeah, like, I'm not going to feel like this anymore. I don't have to. Yeah, exactly. I don't have to feel like this anymore. So I was. Um, but yeah, there was there was that that feeling. That night is really scary. And sorry, to finish that thought. Is the reason why I say that is that if you're having those thoughts, a part of you is going to say, "No, don't do that," or "Or I ah, get over it," or "Or I ah, do something." Something's going to say that. But if you keep having it, keep having it, keep having it, you are not strong enough, and your brain will give up. Those thoughts has taken down the strongest people mm-hmm. you and I have ever known. Yeah, where where's um. It's a very successful people. I was thinking about Chester right now. I was now. Like, just going to say, Chester, where's Chester Bennington? Like, it's like... Exactly. Naturally talented. Yep. Like, extreme... Like, we went to dinner one night before a show, and he ate a fucking cheese... Like, a giant plate of cheese enchiladas, and then was smoking cigarettes. Like, every, like, vocal coach or singer that I knew that was pro would, like, no, don't eat cheese, you know, stop smoking cigarettes, all this. This dude's yeah. eating cheese enchiladas, smoking cigs, going out, and crushing right Insane. you know and like money in the bank financial freedom yep giant worldwide following uh you know and and it, that's just a another point that people need to know like it doesn't matter what you have like you need to you know like happiness does not come from those things that you know especially like financial freedom and wealth and all those things it, it, it makes you maybe worry less about some things right so if, so if you have sure. money right then you don't have to worry about bills and those things like that but it's not going to change no. your life it's not going to change the quality of your life that's going to change the problems like life has a way of, of letting you know that as much like that you're not in control like no matter how much money you have or how much success you have there's a like life will be like well that doesn't fix this or yep. that doesn't fix this or that doesn't fix these five things, you know? So yeah. it's like, don't worry about all those things. If you are going through it, like don't, don't beat yourself up about those things. You know, it's just, like you said, it's, it's your fucking, it's you, your brain and your body. And, yeah. and it's those habits. It's the way that you're, it's the way that you've made your brain think it's those pathways that you've gotten so used to walking yes. down that you need to fucking walk that way or you know like groove in a in a you know i had a therapist yep. that was like it's a groove in a in a vinyl record like you have grooves in your brain and that's how you think and you can put it and it'll it'll go in those grooves because you've just made them yep. you, we need to make new grooves so you have yeah. to think differently as many times as you thought shitty you have to double that triple that to get to a point to where now the way that you're thinking is in a positive manner you know how'd you change those grooves for you i'm still working on it I'm still working. I still have bad days. I had a yeah. terrible day like two days ago for no fucking reason. No reason. You know, it's. Just, what are some things that help? 
I will say this. Uh, and it, it wasn't as easy as it sounds, but the one thing that worked more than any therapy session I had, uh, anybody I talked to was fucking exercise, man. Mm. I swear to fucking God. Like, yes. uh, like I said, I, w- I wasn't, you know, uh, molested as a child. I wasn't beat. I, I wasn't running from these demons. I just got caught up in being a party guy. Yep. You know, so when I came out of it, it wasn't like I had all this baggage to unpack. I mean, there, there are things, just being a human being, sure, sure. that I'm, I'm working on and, and personality traits that I think can be better and things like that, but... Uh, it was just getting my body and my mind, and you know, better and healthy. And but I remember my friend Ian McCall. He's a ex UFC fighter, and he heard about what was going down, and he said, "Hey, man, I, I'd also gone through something similar. I don't think it was as intense as what I was going through, but he's like, come to the gym, just come to the gym and hit the bag, and you know, lift some weights. And like in high school and all up and." Till like right before the band, I was like extremely fit, surfing, mm-hmm. skating, track, like just shredded, like. And I always thought that that's who I was, but I look back and I was like, I was not. Like, I had this, <laughs> this very dis- like distorted picture of who I was. Sure. <clears throat> um, but I got and and this was probably a year, maybe a year and a half after I got sober uh, off of booze and pills, and I worked out with Ian. And it was the first time in probably a year and a half where I felt normal. Mm. And I said, what the fuck? And then the like, I don't know if it was the addict or if it was just me being like, let's, well, I want more of that. Yeah. Like I, that, this, I haven't felt normal in a year and a half. Like I want more of that. So I'll be here tomorrow morning. And he's like, cool. And I was there the next morning and then, you know, 12 o'clock would, it would wear off and I'd be like, well. I want more of that, and I'm, I'd go back to the gym. So I started going to the gym twice a day. Nice. And I just felt like I was – I'm just cheating the system that's trying to go against me at this point, right? right? Like I was using booze and pills to just get extreme amounts of dopamine, serotonin, and happy juice. Yeah. And you can also get that from working out. So at that point, I wasn't even thinking about like what it was going to do to my body. And what it was going to do to my brain, I was just like, the attic in me was like, oh, the, this feels like when I used to do drugs. Yeah. Let's do more of that. <laughs> yeah, so then I sure. just like accidentally became like really fit. <laughs> like within the year, I was just yeah. working out twice a day. I lost fucking 40 pounds. And it was all just me chasing, like chasing those, those, those chemicals. Yeah. Right. And then next thing you know, I'm like, well, this is cool. Like I'm fit. My wife is like crazy stoked on me now like and then all of a sudden i'm looking at my face my face is thinner my body's looking great i'm like what are all these great things that are happening yeah to my body and then now my mind is changing because i'm happy with the way i look i'm happy with how i feel when i come home i'm happy with the way my face looks Mm -hmm. um like all of these things just started falling into place. And then that got me thinking about, well, Hey, maybe I can go talk to somebody. Maybe I can, you know, it got me looking more into wellness and Wim Hof breathing, which helped so much because I, the depression went away, right? Exercise crushed my depression. Um, but the anxiety was still there popping its head out. And then Wim Hof is such an awesome tool that you can use when you have anxiety because it only takes, you know, 20 minutes, 30 yep. minutes if you want, 15 minutes if you want. Just do one round. You know, yeah. look up Wim Hof, 
There's a 10 minute and 12 second thing that I do quite often in the morning. It's like any time of the day, you can take five minutes and go do some breathing. And and it's one of those things where you're just getting those chemicals again. You're just dumping those chemicals. You're cheating the system. You don't have to do drugs. You know, he says all the time, get half your own supply. So, um, and then I got into just, you know, self-help and wellness. And I will say this, it at a point started to um, backfire. Hmm. Yeah, like I would, t- I was taking it too serious. I was seeing a um, wonderful woman that I see, Marjan. Um, Interesting. Uh, I actually don't Germani Marjan. She she is so great. She also changed my life. She does she does tons of breath work. She'll she'll do like a we'll do like a Wim Hof session. Pretty, it's her version of a, a Wim Hof breathing technique for yep. an hour. Whoa! And you will go to the fucking moon. I've had ones where I've gone to Ireland and seen my ancestors. Wow. I've had ones where I cried for an hour like this shit. She is an angel. Like, yeah. uh, and when I got with her, I was like in the middle of like all my self help and like all this wellness, and I was taking it so fucking serious that I like was expecting myself to be this perfect human being. Mm-hmm. And like, that's just not how the fuck it is. You know, yeah. I wanted like no negative thoughts, you know, <laughs> you know like, no, like, uh, and, and yeah. Marshawn was like, whoa, dude, like chill, like chill the fuck out. Like you cannot take life this serious. Like right. how, part of life is joy and being playful and like enjoying things that you like to do when you're a kid and like just bringing like happiness in, not being this perfect human being you know because i I had this thing where i was like well now i want to live to my full potential i want to be mentally at the top i want to be physically at the top you know i was just like i got to the point where i was just she she was just like dude chill the fuck out bro like you're you're now it got bad it got to the point where i started getting depressed again yep so like you can't take it that serious so crazy yeah this is the this is the thing that i fucking love is because no matter we I mean, we're just meeting today, so I mean, we could have a lot more in common. I, I don't know, but <clears throat> just from what I know about you, what you know about me, we're so different, but so similar. So the exact same thing happened. So shout out to Rise Muay Thai. So I've been going to Muay Thai for going on two years. And so I did some Kempo in my younger years on eighth grade, ninth grade, stuff like that. But um, are you familiar with the Japanese ritual uh, Masogi? I don't think so. So it, if you look it up, it actually will... It started with this king, and he wanted to purify the soul for his, his troops. And then if you look it up, it's actually – it just shows a group of people going into super cold water. So not a necess- little cold therapy, but there's a little bit more of a thought behind it. And it's kind of transformed into this doing something really tough physically and mentally to the point where you don't think you can do it. And the whole thought process is to do it once a year that's like 50 – so let's say you can run – 50 miles, easy number. Let's say you can run 50 miles, you have to do 100. So something that's like twice as much as you think you can, which obviously- Did you say 50 miles is an easy number? I'm just for, oh. for, for <laughs> no, 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 just for reference. Yeah. Um, and what Muay Thai has done for me is that it's so difficult. Yeah. And when I go and spar, I'm so humbled. Like such a dumb, dumb, I'm right? Be, yeah, like, I'm such an idiot. And I'm like, I'm like, I practiced literally 90 90 um, jabs the other day and doing it perfect, doing it perfect. And then I get in the ring and all of a sudden Bags, I'm like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah. And so maybe you could help me be more eloquent because I sound like, um, this is me being in my head. I sound, when I'm talking to my friends, I'm like, you don't understand. Going to Muay Thai is one of the best things that ever happened to me. And it's something about the physicality. It's something about the fighting. But at the same time, you know, you, you know you're not on top of the world. You're 
somewhere in the middle. So you're being tested every which way. You know, your coach is throwing combinations at, at you. Mm-hmm. It's just like I can't express it en- enough. In maybe it's just the exercise point. One of the things I wanted to bring up, I just read a study from Yale Medical that said there is one way to decrease heart attack, diabetes, stroke, depression, anxiety by 30%. And it's been measured by 30%. There's not a drug. uh, There's not a big enough venue that you can do. There's not a pill that you can get. It's exercise. Yeah. And it's it's actually changes your brain's chemistry and uh, uh, surfing also. So I I, I would would mix surfing in with that's almost meditative though too. Right. So this is the point. I, uh, I, this is why I love surfing and anybody that can, I think you should just don't surf where I surf. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, So with surfing before 10 o'clock in the morning, you are in nature, which Mm -hmm. all doctors will say is great for mental health. You are exercising. They'll say it's great for mental health. You are meditating. You know, when you're waiting for sets, you're just looking at the horizon. It's beautiful. They're saying that's great. And you're also socializing with your Mm -hmm. friends. Most of the time, you're going to go find some people to go surf with. So you're doing four of like the most healthy things that you can possibly do for your brain with surfing, all wrapped up into this extremely fun thing before 10 o'clock in the morning and people are like wonder why surfers are so happy they're so laid back yep. it's because we're we're doing all the things that we should every morning you know before we start our day you know it got to the yeah. point to where i mean i'm lucky enough to when i'm home i don't have the nine to five right sure um to where my wife is like yo you're being a dick like <laughs> go surf go to the gym or go surf and you know luckily i'm friends with pat from uh the owner of ruka and he, he's just such a legend and that gym is so amazing yeah. that he i mean he pretty much built it for i mean his friends that were ufc fighters yeah. and also now just he just i love that he's just with ruka and with the gym he's just always trying to do things to help other people and like, it's invite only right yeah yeah pat hook me up yeah. <laughs> let me get in there and uh it's just yeah i think there's something about i'm not an aggressive person like yeah. at all, it's really hard for me to, to to feel aggressive. Like that, you know, bar fights and stuff. I'd have to get really shit faced for me to even get mad enough to get yeah. in a fight. So I feel like getting that aggression out, and the, uh, while I'm getting that aggression out, there's a lot of sadness that comes from you know the trauma of being an addict and and um, and having depression. So it's like there's this aggression and this outlet for my sadness and my anger and the things that I can't say or do or whatever. You just fucking can go hit the bag, right? Yeah. And then I also love that that you're in the same boat. Um, I got over this. Before I became sober, I wouldn't do anything that I wasn't good at, mm. right? Like, I just wouldn't. Like, I, right. I've skated. I knew I could skate really good, and I knew I could write music, and those are, like, really the only two things. Well, let's go, like, ride, you know, dirt bikes, yeah. my friends. Oh, let, you know, come surf more, or, you know, let's do this. And I knew, like, if there was people that were really good at something, I wasn't going to go do that with them because I didn't want to look stupid because yep. I cared about what other people thought. Yeah. I didn't want to look stupid. I wanted to be the good skater at the park. I wanted to be the guy writing the cool, you know, song for the people, whatever. Like, right. And after... um realizing like how healthy it was to like like ice baths or just doing shit that you are scared of and that you're not good at it's fucking great like it's great and i love that like maybe it's something with my job and and meet and greets and being around people that are kind of uh praising you all the time it's nice to go into the gym where like nobody gives a fuck right you know and and susie step in that ring it doesn't make a difference who you are there's a kid max that trains there he's probably i 21 maybe lanky 
kid and like weighs like 90 pounds and like i lightly sparred with him the other day and it was so awesome that he let me but like i've just like i'm like all left feet and like you know right. you just feel so dumb like but it, it's a great feeling to be that humbled and be like well i want to all i want to do is fucking get better yes you know and then that addictive personality was it's same with surfing like i just every time i surf or surf with somebody good now i look at them like fuck I got to yeah. surf more. Like, all I want to do is get better, and I'm okay with not being great at those things. It's all right to suck at things. I can get better, and, and maybe hopefully one day I will. And if not, I'm just going to have fun with them, you know? But- yeah. Yeah, I think you have to have one of the major things, I believe, is that you have to have some sort of tangible progress in your life that you can focus on. A lot of times, working out or exercise or weights can be that be that person, because any – here's like a male thing – the first time every any guy has ever benched 225, which is 245 pl- plates on each side, that day was one of the best days. Right. For, yeah. Because you felt like, oh, I'm a fucking badass. But that's not really what's happening. What's really what's happening is that you worked out so long, so hard, and there's this big progression that happened. And I this is a hill I'm willing to die on. With the exception of love, I think the best feeling on the face of the planet is to be proud of yourself. Void of narcissism, void of narcissism, not throwing it out on Instagram. Maybe you want to cry. Being proud of yourself is the best fucking thing. And so I just think if you can do something day in and day out, and the only way that I know how to build my self-worth, self-belief, self-image is to follow through on something I tell myself I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And keeping that promise, not not because I have Jared from the Dirty Heads coming up, not because of my wife, not because of Instagram, but being proud of myself is the best feeling on the face of the planet. And when you can do that, and so when the, you finally get that combination, or when you, that combination down that yeah. two, three, four, five, six, yeah, right yeah. kick, left kick, yeah. out, you know, and you're like, oh my god, I finally. Are you sparring? It. You like hit somebody with like a jab, but even a and jab, they, you're they like, oh it, shit, it works. That first time, that first <laughs> yeah. time that you got that nod from yeah. that, yeah, yeah you know yeah. that nod. Or you're like, sorry, and uh, like, yeah, all right, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. not a matter of being male, chauvinistic or this male thing. It's the, it's, no, I no. think it's this progression that we have. And it's like, hey, I did something. I put in the work. I showed up mm-hmm. for myself, void of anything. I put in the work day in and day out, and this is my reward. And I can see it. I can touch it. It's tangible. Progress equals happiness. It's just the feeling that I want to give to anybody and everybody. If I could bottle that up, I think I'd be a trillionaire. Oh, 100%. It's, it's just the best. Story. I agree because it's so healthy too. Like it's such a – and I love I, – I would not change it for the world. And um, luckily, I don't struggle anymore. Like – it's not even a fucking thought like booze is not a thought anymore like it's just i don't miss it whatsoever in any way right i miss the food pairings sure you know steak and a martini or sake and sushi or wine with fish right whatever something really that somebody really cared about and they crafted this whiskey or this scotch or something that's the only thing i miss is more so on the food level but i don't miss that euphoria or feeling because it i got to the point to where it wasn't it wasn't about getting drunk to feel good. It was about maintaining. Mm. I wasn't even fucking, I, I didn't even feel good anymore. It's just, yeah. I couldn't get out of bed if I didn't drink in the shower. Literally, yeah. I would have to get out of bed and go drink in the shower. But with working out, like, it's such a great feeling to feel high and have no shame or guilt about that high. And you yeah. can get it whenever the fuck you want. It's just hard to get out of the door sometimes. Yep. You know, it's just hard. When you're depressed like the other day, it's just fucking hard. But I know it's the one fucking thing and it's the days and I, I and I love it because 
I know I can figure out a way, or I know I can just say, shut the fuck up and go do it. Go do it. The days that you do, like you, everybody's probably heard this a million times. The days that you don't want to work out are the days that you need it the most. Like mm-hmm. that is so fucking true. Yes. It's so true. And two days ago, I was extremely depressed out of the blue. I had been doing great for so long, been going to Ruka, been seeing Cheeto from the UFC, like for cool. all, all these really amazing people that I, I look up to and that also just are just masters of the craft. It's really impressive. And I, I'm so lucky, right? I'm sitting at Ruka. Yeah. I'm lucky to be friends with these guys and watch these UFC fighters that I'm fans of. And I'm, I'm in this fucking place, right? And I'm, I'm working out and have everything to be stoked on. And like, boom, just out of nowhere, I wake up and just like, what the fuck is going on? And I was just anxiety, depression, crazy. And it was like, couldn't figure it out. And I waited until three o'clock. Like, cause I just, sometimes I want to sit in it for some reason. Right. Sure. And I like, I'm mindful of it. And I knew it. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to sit and I'm going to let myself be depressed. I'm not going to take it too serious. I'm going to let myself be depressed today. Mm-hmm. And then I got over it. I, I can't fucking do this anymore. And I have a little gym set up in my house and I just crushed for like an hour as hard as I fucking could. Like yeah. I almost wanted to cry halfway through and then boom, yeah, gone hundred percent normal. Like back to Jared that, that I think, oh my God, I think that's the best that's the best feeling ever is that I finally, after a couple years after I got sober with exercise and seeing Marjan and, and, you know, doing certain things and Wim Hof and eating healthy and it's a fucking lot of work, right? Sure. Um, I started to feel like myself again and I don't think I would felt like myself for a fucking decade, you know, maybe. Yeah. Maybe there's like... I thought myself was when I was drunk, you know, yep. and, and shit-faced. And maybe it was. Maybe there's half of me like – Sure. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I, I just I – fi- I don't think there was any better feeling of, like, Jared coming back. Yeah. Dude, I, like, I oh, can't – fuck. That's – whatever, whatever. I'm The universe, God, whatever – put that there because that i that exact feeling is exactly how i feel right now i feel like i'm just finally coming out because oh, nice. when i when i was when i started the podcast i was i was, did a lot of work did a lot of work on myself so i felt good but i was going through this stuff we already talked about i was trying to be joe rogan i was trying to be mm-hmm. some other things in these guys back here tell you like, so easy right like, yeah like you were not good in those first ones <laughs> because i wasn't me but i'm like i'm trying to, but now i'm finally i'm just being authentically me yeah and i'm like man. hey it's whatever. all you can do yeah one thing on there that you said you know when you felt um depressed that you want to sit in one thing when i was having i had a psychiatrist on from mit and the whole thing with the mind is the mind is not your friend. It wants to go to comfort. And you're talking about those grooves in there. And so you have grooves in your mind. I have grooves in my mind. Everybody has grooves in mind where negativity sits. And if you sit in those grooves too long, that becomes comfort. Even though it feels like shit, it feels crap. Yes. And so sometimes you'll slip back into that groove and you're like, oh. Well, that's what I'm used to. I, well, yeah, I'm used to this for so many years, so, mm-hmm. so long. So I'm just going to sit here. But then that's the time, just like you said, that's the time you got to push through and use those tools that you have now, the exercise, the meditation, the surfing, the connectivity, whatever that is, yeah. to get yourself out and then put yourself back on that, that right tune, back on that Led Zeppelin, a uh, whole lot of love tune. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and, th- and that's why I like, um, I really like separating you and your actual brain the mushy gray matter yeah. in your fucking skull that's not you that is not you but that thing with that brain will say like 
do this. This yeah. is easy. This is comfortable. This is what you're used to. But that that isn't what's best for you, right? So it's it's nice when you're like, oh, well, that's not me. Yeah. You're not your disease. You're not your illness. You aren't. You know, that's that's just your computer having glitches yep. or the wires crossed or whatever. Like, you know, it's just you're two different things. So make sure that you don't. I just want to make sure people aren't too heavy on themselves, thinking it's them and they, they did wrong. And like yeah. uh, another big thing that I think a lot of people. If they're struggling and worried about, um, you know, this is a big thing that I've heard. I'm not going to be fun anymore and nobody's going to like me. Right? Like, I thought that for sure. I was like, well, right. there go all my friends. Like, there goes, like, interviews. Like, I don't know how I'm going to be as a front man. I don't know how I'm going to be on stage. Like, am I going to be able to write songs? Am I going to be able to be creative? Mm. That was huge. I was scared shitless. Sure. I was like, what if I fucking suck at writing songs? Like, you know, like... But I don't think we were really that drunk when we wrote songs. Like, it was kind of poo-pooed to party too much in the studio. But it was still, like, I was scared of, like, not being who I thought I was. Yeah. Uh, not one of my friends is like, oh, dude, I'm, I miss when you drank. <laughs> you know, they're like, dude, you're, you, you, I can have a great time now. I yeah. can have tons of fun. And then I dip when everybody else starts looking stupid. Right. You know, and I'm also not completely sober. I want to make that clear. Um, you know, I do... Not not to be like a cool guy or anything. I just just to be transparent, sure. you know. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I can eat some mushrooms and have a great yeah. time. Not be hungover the next day. Do some DMT and you know. I, I I did start going to, down the psychedelic path in um, as a journey to find answers, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's there's sometimes where it, I think psilocybin and DMT can maybe be used for recreational, sure. you know. But usually, I think going with a guide and, and doing it like yeah. that is probably the smartest way. But there's other ways to, in smoking weed. There's just other ways for me to have fun and and I'm not worried about it. And nobody, my wife, my friends, not not one person is like, dude, I wish you still drank and partied. It's yeah. like now I'm still fun. I still, I like myself better. My friends and my family and my wife likes me better. And, and at the same time, I can wake up in the morning and go surf or go work out. Yeah. yeah, I heard it said the other day, the mind is a great follower, but a horrible master. Oh yeah, if you that's let, really great. If you let it rule, one hundred percent, you're fuck fucked. With you. Yeah. Well, brother, I know we're cruising up on time. I could just, like I said, I really do appreciate you cruising on. And I have some rapid fire band <laughs> questions that came in. Fuck. But before we do that, let everybody know what you got going on. You know, where can everybody find you? You got tour dates coming on. Uh, what do you got got in the fire? Um, so we just finished uh, Dirty Heads album. And we're just like slowly releasing singles from that. You can go at Dirty Heads and, and um, all, across all social media. I also have a uh, solo hip hop project that I'm working on. I'm releasing like a song a month, uh, just kind of like this very like um, indulgent like solo project of just all the things that I love. It's called Sword Beach. You can go to at Sword Beach Music and find that. Um, I'm working with On It right now. Uh, they've been great super company. great. They've been so absolutely amazing and um they've been seeing all the hard work that i've been putting in and it's they it was cool that they wanted to reach out to a yeah. musician you know not just like all these killer fitness guys on it.com slash ocy save 10 percent. boom yeah <laughs> dirty j that's the code, that's the code. <laughs> no 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 mine <laughs> <Michael, laughs> yeah. oh you got one too yeah, um, yeah dirty head sword yeah. beach uh and yeah that's it just just check out uh we don't have any dates right now but okay. just we got tons of new music lined up and we have a new single coming out um we covered Buffalo Springfield's uh, for what it's worth. No way. Yeah, and we did oh, it like cool. we were. We did. We were doing the live streams 
and we went back and did all of our albums acoustic for the quarantine and like right when all these those crazy protests were going on we did that cover mm. you know and it's just like such a fitting cover it's so crazy that that like music can transcend like yeah. that the lyrics everything are so spot on to what's going on right now so that's dropping tomorrow that's so cool yeah that is so cool all right brother i'll just some rapid fire questions then um i'll get you out of here so no worries these are some of these are funny so you have to marry fuck kill your band members oh i've dude we've done this so many times this is gonna be easy hit me uh so i'll kill dave because he's the oldest and he's probably a serial killer anyway um i um i'll marry duddy you know, we have a lot of fun. He likes to cook. I like to cook. He'd be like a good, like, you know, he'd get me snacks. I feel like he'd be like very, <laughs> a good um, wife. like very snuggly too. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like, I don't know, like watching movies. Seems tender. Or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he seems tender. Yeah. I think he'd be like warm. Aww. Like John, me and John, would be too bony. You know? <laughs> uh, and uh, so. Then it, when you uh, I mean, John, fuck. John has a gigantic penis, so I don't know <laughs> if it's like he's a top or a bottom. That well, hopefully depends. he's a bottom. Probably like supple little Matt. Matt's a little buff, more buff now, but yeah. like he, I feel like he's pretty hairless, you know? Yeah. You get him with a razor, shave off some more stuff, and I could probably get, get Matty. So John, John's safe. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. Rad. Who's the uh, biggest, <laughs> if we can switch this up. But <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Who's the biggest asshole celebrity you met? Um, I don't know. I'm not a celebrity, you can't say me. I, I don't know. When and I I'm thought not about here to talk shit on yeah, people, yeah, that, I don't know. When I thought about that, I thought about switching it. Who is somebody, no? I like that. If I did, I'd yeah. fucking call him out. I just can't think of anybody that was anybody huge that or... you thought before you met him or her was an asshole, and then you got to know him on tour, and you're like, wow, you're fucking way cooler than I thought. Maybe pre preconceived notion. Um, I was pretty scared of Chester, and he he was amazing, and yeah. uh, my manager was friends with Kid Rock, and I thought he was gonna be. Like kind of a dick, and he was super nice. Like really? he was really cool. Like gave me a bunch of advice. It was definitely surprising. Um, uh, I don't know, man. Like yeah, no, nothing beats Matthew McConaughey. Like we got to like be chummy with him for like a couple weeks when we were touring. All right, all right, uh, with, all right. Yeah, like with a band that he was helping out. And, like I don't know, man. It was so refreshing to meet somebody like at that level and be that fucking down to earth. He was That's cool. Literally just take one of your friends out of your group and put him right in and Seamless. that's him that's like, it was just so nice to, to meet somebody like that what celebrity would you like to fight or spar um can it be a chick yeah <laughs> like Gal Gadot oh really <laughs> <laughs> just get all sweaty oh up. there we go there we go um what's your pump up song before shows or workout currently uh a tribe called red it's these uh american indian dudes these native american guys uh, and they do like it's kind of electronic hip-hop mixed with like um um i don't want to like get it wrong i don't want to say shit like um they they take um like songs from their tribes and they put them to like hip hop or like electronic music and it's fucking like how cool it taps into something like deep you know like say if you yeah it's it's like it's really really cool tribe called red they're like my hands down my go-to like when i'm running or working out they get me pretty fucking pretty pumped yeah then um just the last question and then one more thing before we get out of here how do you i know we touched on quite a few of them today but how do you build your self-worth fucking hell um I think I'm still working on that. I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't. There's not nothing popped into my head that was like. Um, I think maybe that is something that I still need to work on. Sure. You know, because that kind of like not triggered, but that like I definitely hit a wall of like when you when we're talking about fitness, working out, like dude, I can talk about it all day because yeah. I I know what I'm doing, but like. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I'm there yet, to yeah. be honest. You know, and this is one of those things where it's like maybe I shouldn't be this honest. Maybe I should come up with some very cookie cutter like make sure that you keep working hard on yourself and you know believe, conceive, achieve. <laughs> right? Like fuck, man. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I think I still. Yeah. Are, I'm, I think I'm still having a hard time with that. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm trying my best, and and I know the things that work to keep me happy. Uh, you know, but nice. I'll let you know when I figure <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I think it. I think that comes back to stop. Like I think I'm too hard on myself. Like don't be so fucking hard on yourself. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, it's funny. I'll say it again because it habit. But at the end of every single post, every single thing in my signature, I always say, "Be kind to yourself." I think if we could be kinder to ourselves and not be so fucking harsh, so mean, you would never. We just met each other. You don't know me. I could be the biggest fucking asshole. You would never tell me the things that you've told yourself. You just you wouldn't wouldn't do that that brings us to the end like i said i do appreciate the time um thank you for coming on of course for me i said the same thing same thing to daddy for me the biggest compliment that i can give another human being is that you make people stay better and i'm i know it's not lost on you but i feel you need to make sure to give yourself some latitude and be very proud of yourself because millions of times millions of times your songs have made somebody stay better going through a rough time they're going through through times they're going through that depression they're maybe in that hotel with something your songs come on and it's made their day better you should feel really really proud about that because i think that is what's going to be your legacy versus your discography i think that's going to be something that i just can't commend you enough, enough for i think it's yeah. really really cool i appreciate that man because yeah. I, I don't even like i don't think that way yeah you know it's hard that that get that definitely gets lost so that means a lot i yeah. appreciate it that definitely made me feel better after that last question that kind of made me feel fucked up no. <laughs> yeah no dude that's yeah. huge man and and um i hope that that's uh i hope that's true yeah it is thank it you is. So and much. i know it's done it for me because yeah. for sure fuck so. yeah all right everybody remember be kind to yourself thank you so much for listening to this episode with jared watson thank you so much jared for coming on thank you for being awesome thank you for being transparent thank you for pushing through overcoming and sharing all of your tactics and wisdom thank you to our amazing sponsors green chef visit greenchef.com slash overcoming 90 use promo code overcoming 90 and save 90 dollars off your first shipment and get free shipping Visit onit.com slash OCY, save massive savings, get back on track, get over all the turking, get over all this stuffing, get back trading, get back supplements, and visit purespectrumcbd.com and use code OCY and save massively in the month of November. That's purespectrumcbd.com, simply the best CBD company on the market. And until next time, remember, be kind to yourself.